It's time for the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. With Kern County's most listened to realtor and the host of our show, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Just Google the McCarty Group. That's M-C-C-A-R-T-Y. Or call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you and let them make you their next success story. And good morning to you, Lori. And how's your weekend going so far? Oh, it's going great. I'm staying busy and I am so thankful for that. You know, the market is completely different than what it was this time last year. I am continuing to list houses and my buyer's agents are continuing to get offers accepted for their buyers. And everyone on our team is continuing to close deals. So we're busy and we feel very blessed. You know, as the real estate market changes which it always seems to do, it usually weeds out a lot of real estate agents. I hate to say it, Adelaide, but a lot of realtors that became agents during our hyper-sellers market Mm -hmm. simply don't know how to navigate this new market that we're experiencing. And instead of digging in and changing with the market, they're being forced to return to the 9-to-5 job they previously Mm -hmm. held. You know, my team and I are ready for this shift. In fact, we've been preparing for it for months and we've been adjusting accordingly. So not to sound salesy, but if you're looking to sell, we can get your home sold for top dollar still, even in this shifting market. And if you're looking to buy, our buyer specialist will negotiate a fantastic deal for you. All right. Well, Lori, I'm not saying this just because I do the show with you, but you are the most experienced agent I know, and I know you and your team will be able to succeed in this market, in any market for that matter. Well, thank you, Adelaide. That really means a lot. You know, no matter the market, the McCarty Group does everything in our power to ensure that our clients' needs are met and that they're happy with the outcome of their sale or purchase. And so, Lori, are you ready to introduce our guest? Oh, absolutely. So without further ado, I'm honored and privileged to introduce our guest today, Ken Pestaresi of Clean Sweep. So, Ken, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderful. I'm so glad to no hear complaints. that. No complaints. So help myself and our audience get to know you a little bit. 
Tell us about yourself. Well, okay. I was born and raised in Bakersfield, California. I've lived here my whole life, other than a short time in the Bay Area when I was in my 20s. Um, Came back here, started a family. Perfect. And um, attended local schools. All right. And we uh, just moved forward from there. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about Clean Sweep. Um, What services did you offer? How did you decide to found the company? (laughs) You know, there's. uh, I've heard people say that, you know, just go ahead and uh, make some plans and try to get your life uh, going that way. Yeah, it never seems to work out that way, does it? (laughs) Uh, I used to work for um, Santa Fe Industries. Okay. And while I was working for them, I had started this little business, mm-hmm. named it Clean Sweep. At that time, we primarily did carpet, upholstery, and oriental rugs. Okay. And we did a little bit of um, um, maintenance cleaning in office buildings. Okay. That's how we came up with Clean Sweep. Mm-hmm. And as years went by, uh, people got to know me that way. Mm-hmm. So we kept that name. Okay. Even though it doesn't quite fit a carpet cleaning company, but we do so much more than that. Well, you do. Uh, Yeah. So we do, uh, we clean tile and grout. We repair grout. We can repair some tiles and we can recolor your grout. Oh. Um, You know, sometimes grout is so damaged that um, people consider cutting it out and starting over. But if you do that, then uh, the whole process of getting soil just starts up again um the process we do for doing a color seal mm-hmm. it's applied to the grout it soaks it, it kind of becomes part of the grout it's like staining a piece of wood it gets in there and it's permanent we started doing this 18 years ago and uh, i've never had one failed so it seals your grout 100 percent, and it lasts a long long time oh that's wonderful well let's talk first of all about um, people having their floors professionally cleaned. Um, so how often should we do that? I, I'm going to assume it varies by the type of flooring that you have. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the various different types of flooring and how often we should have that done. Let's start with carpet. Okay. Most carpet warranties, and most people don't even know they have a warranty on right. the carpet. <laughs> and I don't know why... Uh, distributors don't provide people with that but what it probably over 90 percent of them will say that you will have your carpet cleaned annually Mm -hmm. there are some up to 18 months by a certified company and that they clean the carpet with a hot water extraction truck mounted unit okay Um, so an answer to that (laughs) if most people clean for appearance right um, and you know why wouldn't we but when you really think about it a lot of material gets in your carpet a lot of dust mm. a lot of uh, pollens and things especially living in Kern County right so by cleaning your carpet you do actually improve your indoor air quality okay I hadn't actually thought about it that way um, but but you're right you do mm-hmm okay so yeah. Go ahead. And then far as there's so much of that, you know, luxury vinyl and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Not a lot to that. Once in a while, we'll have someone that needs that clean. They've whether they've got um, cleaner residue or just a bunch of wild kids that are dirty and it up. <laughs> uh, but there's really very. It's pretty much bulletproof. So we just kind of go in there, just give it a little scrub and clean, and then it's good for however long. It's wonderful stuff. You know, people ask me what I do, I, and I have luxury vinyl in my house, and you know, kind of goes against. <laughs> my business but I do like it well it it is very durable and it it has a beautiful look so what about uh, tile tile and grout there again when it starts looking bad mm -hmm. that's when you clean it okay when we clean your tile yes it's we're there to make money but I want to solve your problem Mm -hmm. So, depending on what you have, I look and say, okay, is there kids in the house? Are there pets? Are there this? Are there that? Do they live on the outskirts of town? Or do they live in the middle of the city? Um, most of what you see on dirty grout is that people are overusing cleaners. Oh. So, it's detergent residue is probably about 80% of what's on there. Uh, and it once it dries up, it gets very, very little difficult to remove okay um, so when we go we want to solve that problem so what we do we provide our clients with the right type of cleaner that will minimize um, that buildup okay. and we also give them a printout on uh, how to clean a floor people okay. kind of look at me sometimes and like what do you mean like I'm looking at to, you now how to clean a floor <laughs> mm -hmm. but there's a few things that that we've come up with that tweak it that really uh, uh, your end results much better and um, you don't get the buildup. Such as? Do you mind sharing? Well, what we tell people to do, we give them a, a neutral pH cleaner. Okay. Which unless you have really a greasy, greasy area, then a neutral pH cleaner is going to be perfect. It's going to work fine. Um, and we ask that they put it in depending on the size of their floor, whether it be a trigger sprayer or it be a pump-up sprayer. Mm -hmm. Sweep your floor, mist your floor down with this. So mm -hmm. what that's doing, it's loosening up all the soil, but you're using a fraction of the cleaner on that floor. Okay. You're not mixing up a big bucket of suds, spreading it around and letting it dry. Right. So you'll take your mop, or if you're using some type of floor cleaning machine, mm -hmm. uh, like a Oh, Hoover makes, um, I forgot what they call them, but they're like a little rotating brush that scrubs it. Floor mate. Okay. Hoover floor mate. Um, so you just use water. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to be good, then you take some uh, towels and towel dry it. So you're picking up more of that moisture. So you're oh, leaving okay. next to nothing on the floor. In turn, you're not going to get uh, a buildup on your grub. Wow. I love that. So we like solving. That's what we like to do is like yes we're here to make money but we want to see if we can solve your problem for you well I love that um, because obviously the more problems you solve for people the more they're going to give your name to other people and the more problems you solve the more money you'll wind up making right that's what I found I mean I think a lot of people in service industries today just you know how much money can I get out of mrs. Smith or mm -mm. and we look at a, a lifetime Absolutely. Relation. I still have clients that I've had from the early 80s. Mm -hmm. And then I, now I have their children. 
absolutely. <laughs> that, that, so it's kind of funny. Well, that's the thing. If you so. if you treat people right, they will continue coming that is back. Very and true. They will refer more and more people to you. Yes, makes all the difference it does. in the world. It really does. Um, so, when it comes to having your carpet cleaned, um, what tell people the difference between having it cleaned professionally by someone like yourself um, versus going out and renting a machine that they can rent at the grocery store okay. or some other you know home machine that they can do? Right. First of all, I don't think it's a bad idea to have one Okay. for spills. Um, you're not going to get a real thorough clean. Uh, you might get the spots off the surface, mm -hmm. but you're really getting a lot of dirt and soil that's being washed down to the backing and the padding, and then in turn it's going to dry and come back up and possibly get in the air and float around. Home machines, they're, they're, they put out a very high volume of liquid, okay. and they have a very low volume of vacuum. Oh. And where with the equipment, we have very, and you're very limited on your hot water. How hot can your uh, right. water heater get? Our machines create its own heat, and it's very high heat, high pressure, mm -hmm. and a tremendous amount of vacuum. Okay. So the high pressure, people say, well, won't that just put a bunch of moisture? But it's, it's a much lower volume of, of uh, liquid. So in turn, the heat and the pressure that breaks up the soil, and in one pass, you're picking it back up so it's not flushing down into your carpet backing oh. or padding, so. Okay. But I think they're wonderful. People um, ask me all the time, oh, I bet you're mad that I have this and <laughs> you know I'm messing your, your carpet up. I say, no, nope. that's a great idea when you, have something like that clean it up because most people just panic they start grabbing things under the sink and mm -hmm. scrubbing and they wind up doing much more harm more than good damage, right yes okay. sometimes some permanent damage oh well and correct me if I'm wrong the the spot remover that you use the you know that product that you buy at the grocery store to try to remove a stain from your carpet many times that can do more damage to your carpet than leaving the spot there and letting a professional come come treat it. Am yes. I correct? Yes. I kind of have a rule of thumb whether it's for carpet or if it's for a hard surface floor. If it's on the shelf at a big box store or a grocery store, don't buy it. Right. Um, many times, especially with carpet spotters, they're kind of having a one product does it all so maybe you just had a little bit of juice spill but if you had a grease spill the same thing would work <laughs> so it's a little bit of an overkill and that's not good for your carpet right so most uh most if you get a really good carpet spotter they're usually fairly gentle mm-hmm um, and if you have grease, then you get something different and use that. But as as a, a rule of thumb, you want to use something that's a little more on the gentle side, and that's going to get ninety percent of your of your spills. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now I I have seen it happen before. Um, your carpet gets clean, 
It looks great. And then not much time goes by and spots start to reappear. Why, why does that happen? There's several reasons. Okay. One is, especially if it's a, oh, a stick, a soda, for instance, uh, that's a sugary one. Okay. The diet ones don't do it very much at all. There's oh. no, no sugar in them. The sugar is what attracts the, the soil. Okay. So if we're going through and we're cleaning a carpet and you got a big spot from a spill and mm -hmm. it disappears when you go over it, well, you don't keep going over, over, over. Sometimes you might make a couple extra passes, make sure you got it. So if it doesn't all break loose from the fibers, then it will start that process of attracting soil all over again. Okay. The other thing is sometimes cleaners, many cleaners, <laughs> will just over apply spotter to an area, just okay. soak it. Okay. And they can't recover that with the equipment. And once it gets into the backing and through that, then, you know, it's pretty much going to be there. Uh, another, sometimes people say, well, my carpet looks dirtier. I see traffic areas. If the carpet isn't rinsed properly, I always oh. tell people, think of it this way. If you wash your hair and you only washed half of it out, how, oh. would, how would your hair feel? I hadn't even thought of it that so, way. Um, you want to get it all clean. So when we're done, we just want nice clean fibers okay. with no residue in it. And many companies or technicians are very, they want to get in and out as quick as they can mm -hmm. uh, instead of taking that time to do all the details and to do the job properly. Okay. I don't put my guys on many companies. Okay, you've got this many square feet. That should take you this long. Ah. That's what you get. Okay. And so we don't do that. Okay. And uh, I just until it's done right and the client walks it and says they're happy with it, we won't leave. Unless, unless they ask us to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so what about for pet owners? Because um, I know we have an awful lot of those in Kern County. Yes. Um, what should they do if their pet has an accident on the carpet? Well, that is huge. I, there probably isn't a week goes by that I don't get asked that five different, five or six times. Mm -hmm. First thing to do is when you're going to spot a carpet or you're cleaning anything up, if you can, use white towels. Okay. Because sometimes you start rubbing on stuff, you can transfer dyes, or mm -hmm. maybe the product that you're using to spot with might possibly pull some of the dye out of that, and you don't want that transferred onto your carpet. Okay. So... I always ask people to have a, get a white towel, um, blot it up, mm -hmm. get the bulk of it, another part of the towel or another towel, and then stand on it. Okay. And hold it there for about 30 seconds so you'll absorb. Mm -hmm. uh, some people like to put a little bit of water on that too and then do it again, which is, that's fine. Then I suggest going to, now I'm going to, break my rule here because you are going to go to a big box store and buy this okay <laughs> <laughs> or something uh you get some can i say a brand name yeah nature's miracle nature's miracle it's an enzyme so what it does it digests the bacteria okay the bacteria off gases and that's when you have odor that's what you're smelling right you're just smelling the funk coming from the bacteria okay so what it does it digests the um 
bacteria. It doesn't necessarily get rid of a stain or a spot there, mm -hmm. but you will never have odor. Okay. And that's the hard thing to remediate. So when we come in, we can clean it and we, we can get that spot out at that point. Uh, many people just go nuts and start mixing up mm -hmm. dish soap this and everything and that else. And one thing after yes. another. Mm -hmm. that, that's not good. Okay, perfect. Um, so this might be a little uh, weird question, but is it possible to have your carpet shampooed or cleaned too much? There's two ways you can look at that. Um, first of all, dirt's abrasive. Right. If you were to look at, a, at some dirt under a microscope, it would have a lot of jagged edges. Mm -hmm. So you get a bunch of dirt in your carpet and it's floating around your fibers and you walk on it and you're moving those fibers, it's, it's subtly cutting your fibers. And vacuuming doesn't necessarily get, I don't care what vacuum you get or super, right. super sucker, whatever it might be, you're never gonna recover it all. You can't recover it all by cleaning your carpet, but you can get at least 90% or so by washing your carpet, meaning clean it with hot water extraction. Okay. It's more like, you know, it used to be called steam clean, but right. it's, so if it's hot water extraction, what it does, it actually is washing your fibers and extracting it out and rinsing it at the same time. So um, that is, on that end of it, yes, you need to do that if you've got a real dirty house. Um, just like anything, an annual carpet cleaning, typically when someone needs their carpet cleaned a lot, it's usually in really bad shape by the time we get there. Uh Mm -hmm. And by having to do more of a restoration type cleaning mm -hmm. is, is a little harsher on your carpet, but mm -hmm. you have a rental property or if you just have a house that's very busy, you got to do what you got to do to get it clean. So if you were to go and clean it that annual cleaning, it's mm -hmm. a much, it's at that point you're, you're in a maintenance okay. mode. So you're doing more of a maintenance cleaning. It's a lot more gentle, so therefore it's not going to harm your carpet and your carpet will last years longer. And so when you're cleaning that carpet, um, do you want all of the furniture out of that room? Um, when we go to quote a job, mm -hmm. I will tell people that I will do as much or as little as you want. Okay. And tell me what you want moved if you do most of the time we don't charge extra for moving unless it's like bedroom dressers or beds mm -hmm. and things like that because it does take a lot more time. Right. Um, most people we do the traffic areas, the exposed carpet, mm -hmm. and we charge by the carpet we actually clean. Okay. Not if it's a 10 by 10 room, I'm not gonna charge you for 100 square feet. Okay. So most, most of the time that's done, then there are people that just want it um, very clean. Some people have respiratory issues, right? Um, and um, so they like it cleaned uh, real deep and thorough. Mm -hmm. And there are products out there too that um, are just make it. A, it's an anti-allergen that goes uh -huh. in there, so it it does help. Okay. All right. Um, so. If we shift a little bit from carpet, let's let's talk a little bit about tile, um, because all over social media, 
uh, you see people post hacks on how to clean things themselves, right? Uh, And one of the hacks that seems to pop up in my feed a lot is people cleaning their floor grout tiles with toilet bowl cleaner. Uh, Is that something that's safe to do? Well, if you're down there scrubbing it and you're getting the fumes from that, because usually most toilet bowl cleaners have different types of acid in there because Uh it dissolves um, mineral, things like that. A lot of carpet, or I'm sorry, a lot of tile cleaner, if it's a restoration type thing, that does have some acid in it. So what it does, it eats a little micro layer off of the surface, kind of oh. like microdermabrasion for ladies. Okay. You know, kind of give your, give your. That's a great analogy. It is. It does work. <laughs> but letting that in, if that being said, if you're getting some of that acidic material in the grout and you're just kind of wiping it and you leave it behind, it continues to work and oh. start breaking things mm-hmm. down. Um, a lot of people like using bleach. Bleach is very mm-hmm. corrosive, mm-hmm. and I've actually had uh, jobs where we've gone in, start cleaning it, and the the grout just kind of you can scratch it with your finger and remove it. Right. And we'll we'll talk to the client. And, well, I mop twice a week, and I use bleach, and I've been doing that for ten years. Mm-hmm. Well, there lot. we go. Bingo. <laughs> now we know so why. So that's a lot. And every time she cleans it, it's leaving some behind. Right. So. I don't know that it's necessarily it's that harmful, but I wouldn't want to be down there breathing those fumes. Um, it's not the right way to do it. Most bowl cleaners have a color, so you're putting that in your grout. Yeah. Um, you'd be better off just scrubbing it with uh, some ammonia or something, okay. which you, you gotta breathe that too. Absolutely. So. All right. Um, <clears throat> so tell us again, when you clean, you actually seal it, right? Well, what we do when we go out, I will tell people. Mm-hmm. First of all, when I go out to do a quote, yes, I'm there to hopefully get a job, but I look at it as I'm going to try to educate these people just enough to where they can make, make a good informed decision on what's best for them. So I usually offer three different um, options on okay. tile and grout cleaning. Okay. I explain it to them, and then, you know, when and if they want to call me, I do, and I'm very fortunate that most of them do. Right. Um, I just want to make sure people know that I appreciate them, that they are going to get a good job. If there's any issues, I will take care of it in a timely manner, but I don't want to just run in there and hurry up, all right, right. give me a check. And now I'm down the road. So what are those three options? Well, one is to clean it only. Okay. Most of the time, most of the time that's done when someone's moving out of a house. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they just want it to look nice. Right. Or they got put their house over. The second one is done with what's called a penetrating sealer. Penetrating sealers have been around for years and years. Uh, it's used to seal grout, brick, stone, concrete. Um, they're formulated a little different, um, but what it does, it's a clear liquid. It'll soak into the grout. It cures, mm-hmm. and then it will re- make your grout repellent. That okay. will typically, if it's sealed properly, which I know for a fact that 
probably 70, 80% of the time that people are sealing their grout, they're doing it improper. Mm -hmm. But it lasts about two to three years if mm -hmm. it's done properly. Because a grout joint, if you look at it, it's about three-eighths of an inch. So I, I look at it as a, as a glass. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to fill that up with water, if I just pour a little bit in there, right? if I put a little bit of sealer on that, that sealer's just going to go down about halfway or so and stop. Mm -hmm. And that really, if the surface isn't sealed, then it really does you no good. Right. And people trust you to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know. Some guy could be, you don't know what they're spraying on your floor. You're trusting that they're doing it properly and they're put, using enough of it and uh, it's a good product. Uh, but truth is, most people don't, or most companies don't seal up properly. Um, when we apply that type of sealer, we pretty much put it on the whole floor. We let it kind of soak in. We move it around and we give it at least 20 minutes. At that point, it's accepted all it's going to, and then we do our cleanup. Okay. So that's a very good sealer, but there again, it doesn't change the appearance at all. So once you clean it, the, the floor, that's what it's going to look like, the grout. Okay. So that being said, some people have grout that looks, looks a little rough, and it's terrible looking, and it's stained, mm -hmm. or they're just tired of that color. Okay. That's where we can use a permanent seal product, okay. color of choice. We try not to get too far away from the original color um, because then just the outcome isn't quite as good. So you can change that. And the good thing about it is it makes every piece of grout look perfectly consistent in color. Okay. People really like that because kitchens, you take a house that's been around five, 10 years, the kitchen floor, I don't care if you clean, it's still gonna look darker than mm -hmm. the family room floor or something like that. And right. so, uh, I mean, grout is a cement product. Right. And we know what happens to cement when you drip oil or something on it, you can steam it, scrub it, you're still gonna have a little gray spot there. Absolutely. It never goes away completely. Okay, all right, so those are our three levels. So of those are the three. Uh, explain those to them and then uh, answer any questions. Okay. I... Now, what about um, natural stones, things like um, travertine? Um, don't those stones also need to be sealed? Absolutely. I, I love natural stone. Okay. It's it's kind of fun, really, because mm -hmm. we get to polish it, and mm -hmm. you know, you take something that's really rough and ugly looking, and you turn it into something pretty, and you just see the smile on your client's face, and had no idea it could look that way. First of all, the stone itself accepts sealer, mm -hmm. so instead of just sealing grout, you're sealing the entire floor. Okay. And that's very very important, and. Even though that sealer would probably perform two to three years, I really encourage people with travertine, marbles, and different uh, limestones to do a maintenance clean. Mm -hmm. And at that point, when we're cleaning the floor, we're watching and seeing what it's doing, if it's changing color, if, it's, if you get moisture on your floor and it starts darkening up, well, that means it's porous. Mm -hmm. It's like getting water on a driveway. It right. turns dark. Um, that way we know where to put the sealer. So if the year before we sealed the entire house, mm -hmm. we're probably in a year maybe going to seal up maybe 20% of that. Okay. But that keeps everything protected. Okay. And it's very, most people don't do that. 
but it, it's really important. Um, like for instance on travertine, people let it go. We can get the stone clean, that's the easy part, but the grout's what's tough. Right. And they've let that go, mm-hmm. and now it's stained. Right. So if you keep it sealed and you keep a maintenance going, mm-hmm. it's not gonna have that opportunity to um, stain that grout. Okay. So it's very important to clean your stones and to be on a regular maintenance program. It's kind of one of those things that's no fun to spend money on, but the end result. But the end result's yes, beautiful, right? It, is. it It looks as good as it did the day uh-huh. it was installed. And most people, so yeah, most people are very attached to their natural stone floors. They're real proud of them. Absolutely. So, and they do. There's no two alike. You're absolutely right. Um, so once you have your professional, you know, you know, a professional clean your your tile uh, and grout lines. Um, how long does it take for that grout to dry? And is there anything that people should avoid doing during that drying time? It's a good question. I always tell people give it twenty four hours. Okay. Some grout is very dense. Okay. A lot of it has to do with the installer, how much water they use. Did they use too much? Did they not use enough? Was it dry? Was it too wet? Once it cures, it sets different, and some are much more stable. So some grout is extremely porous, so it will just entirely soak the entire grout joint, where some just, you know, maybe an eighth of an inch. Mm-hmm. So what we ask people to do, no matter what sealer we might use, is to just avoid getting it, if you spill anything, just wipe it up. You're not gonna ruin it, but you don't want uh, to let it dwell on on your stone or your grout because that could degrade your sealer. Okay. So I always tell people they they have to go to dinner that night. (laughs) Oh, how tough. Yeah, most ladies really like that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, so 24 hours. Okay. And that way too, because a lot of people will call, hey, this grout's still dark. I say, give it 24 hours. If it's still dark, then call me and uh, we'll come back out and we'll do whatever it takes to fix it. But I very rarely get a call back. Perfect. You know, this has been a great introduction and some amazing information, Ken. Um, I think it's a great place for us to take a break. Um, but folks, don't touch that dial or push that button to change stations because we've got a lot more to cover as we continue discussing maintaining your flooring and upholstery with Ken Pistoresi of Clean Sweep here on the Kern County Real Estate Review. This is your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group, broadcasting on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661 661- 
665-765-7653 or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And this morning, we're talking with Ken Pistoresi of Clean Sweep. And Ken, tell all of our listeners how they can get in touch with you and the rest of the Clean Sweep team. Well, first of all, our website is cleansweepbakersfield.com. We are located at 4800 New Horizon Boulevard, Suite E. Our phone number is area code 661-833-1168. Perfect. And then our uh, email, I guess that would be a good. Uh, Ken at cleansweetbakersfield.com. Perfect. All right. So be sure and reach out to Ken and his team uh, for all of your professional cleaning needs. Now, before the break, we were talking about the importance of having your tile professionally cleaned and sealing your grout. Um in between the professional tile and grout cleanings, how do you recommend that people maintain their tile floors? Are, are there any products we should avoid using or things we should be using? Well, that's why when we clean any floor, we provide the client with a gallon of floor cleaner. And then when they're out, they can purchase a bottle from us. Perfect. Or if we go back to that annual maintenance cleaning, mm-hmm. we provide another bottle for them. That's wonderful. And so, yeah, you wanna just stick with one product if you can, because um, unless you got a lot of grease and then you could use, you know, just some trigger spray cleaner that uh, degreases for that area. Right. And then clean it up afterwards with the neutral cleaner. But isn't it pretty much like you were saying with the carpet, you don't wanna overdo on your you don't want to use a, a degreasing product everywhere because that's a much more harsh product. Yes. Right? And, and the degreasers, the heavy degreasers, um, they will degrade the penetrating sealer. Mm. That's why I say two to three years because it depends on use and cleaning and what someone's doing. Right. Uh, you can actually degrade that with um, bleaches, ammonias, things mm. of that nature. That people like cleaning their floors with. Right, and I was going to say, and it seems like so many people like cleaning hard surface floors with ammonia or or the strong products, right? Mm -hmm. I I don't know what it is about that, but maybe it's that clean smell. I know there are people that insist. They said, well, whether it's going to hurt it or not, I'm going to use bleach (laughs) because it just makes me feel better and that my floor is sanitized. I'm like, well. Okay, so okay. those people are going to be calling you every year I'll just to come say, see to you it. in six months. You're, you're, no, <laughs> oh, you're, my, new, months, you're right. my new best friend. All right, sounds good. <laughs> now, <clears throat> as we talked about in the introduction, um, you guys don't just do floors, uh, you also do upholstery, correct? Yes, we do uh, upholstery and we do oriental rugs, um, whether it's a man made fiber or a natural fiber. Perfect. And so, um, pretty much, yeah, that's what we do. We do some, we also do some concrete 
cleaning and stains and coatings for that also. So we pretty much do surfaces. Great. Um, so let's talk about upholstered furniture. Um, how often should we have that cleaned? Is that a, just on an as-needed basis, or does that need to be a an annual or a regularly scheduled maintenance program? Okay. Well, there again, people are they're going to <laughs> clean uh, for appearance right. for the most part. It's really kind of tough to get through to people that um, how much. I mean, if you really saw how much was uh, accumulating in your furniture, it would disgust you. Yeah, I was going to say, we probably yeah. don't want to see that. Yeah, no. Even the the good living room furniture that we oh, never yeah. sit on, right? It does because that dust. It's all that, that dust. dust just, and people oh. say, well, we vacuum every three months. And, and that's fine. Um, some people will have us come out annually to clean their furniture. Most do not. There again, they clean it for appearance. Mm -hmm. But um, at least every couple of years, and people think, well, that's a waste of money. But you're there again, as I said, dirt, what have you, is abrasive, and it, it will break fibers down. Well, and I have to tell you, as, as I'm sitting here uh, talking to you, and I visualized my formal living room, and yes, people, I do still have one of those. Um, <laughs> not that it gets much use at all. Um, and you mentioned the word dust, and I kept thinking about the hard surfaces as we dust those mm -hmm. and how quickly that dust builds up. And just thinking about, because I am one of those that uh, there are certain pieces I will have upholstery cleaned on, but there are other pieces that I don't. And just thinking about those la that layer of dust as it has built up on the couch, maybe over time, I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of a gross thought." So you're right; I, it would disgust me well, if I really saw it. The dust is the is the best part of it. Yeah, I start, don't want to hear about yeah. anything else. No. <laughs> Sorry, I got off on a little tangent there, folks, but it really did. You know, he gave me a good visual of what I'm probably avoiding uh so yeah ken you've you've cleaned my um uh, and and sealed my natural stone and grout and yeah i guess we're gonna have to have you out to take care of the uh upholstery as well because now i'm probably never going to be able to sit on that couch until i get it cleaned again anyway um so tell us how cleaning upholstery is different than cleaning carpet well, first of all, most carpets, unless there's something that is designer or something of that, they're dyed in such a way that they're bulletproof. Oh. I mean, you're really hard. It's mm -hmm. really hard to mess up a carpet okay. unless it, people do it, but it's kind of hard to. Whereas with fabric, there's so many different types. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that, first of all, that that can be wet cleaned. Right. You have to make sure that um, any color, so you test every, I don't care if that sofa has 10 different colors in it, you have to test each one to make sure they're not gonna bleed. Because you could test nine of them and fine, but that 10th one will bleed. 
Okay. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know exactly how you know that. Yeah, I, I bought a very nice, expensive chair one time because I didn't check the orange flower. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> All righty. So, yeah, with the, the different fabrics, and the, one of the keys is just as little moisture as possible. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to do what you got to do, but as far as recovering it and accelerate the drying we like to bring in blowers so if we clean a cushion Mm -hmm. we'll put them to the side we'll turn the blower on them so the quicker you can get it dry uh, the less chance of having any problems with it okay and what about for oriental rugs how is that process different well that is totally different than cleaning your carpet or i should say it should be okay many people or any companies will just clean that rug right there on the floor and mm-hmm. clean it like they do their carpet which okay you might get the spots off but most oriental rugs are going to be wool mm-hmm. wool is a, it's very dense on a rug but you get that fine particulate in there and it's so dense that your vacuum cleaner can't even get close to pulling it out of there right so what you the proper way is to immerse it in water we called a rug pit mm-hmm. what that will do is it'll suspend all the soil out of it oh. and then you rinse it you put more water in there if your water clears up then you know you've got it all out of there and the same holds true with um, a man-made fiber okay um, depends on how the rugs constructed but you know some of these rugs um, people they're, they're pieces of art yes they are and so you have to really know what you're doing or you're gonna buy I mean I think the most expensive rug I've cleaned was a $35,000 mm-hmm. rug and uh, this poor lady was just cringing because she'd never had it cleaned and wasn't sure Right. I said, well, I promise you that I don't want to buy a $35,000 rug, and my, <laughs> so I will do it properly. Uh, that is wonderful. Um, so when we talk about upholstered furniture being cleaned, um, how soon after it's been cleaned can it be used again? Is it that same 24-hour process? That's a good question, too. Um most of the time upholstered furniture usually dries within an hour or two oh because you've got all this padding in there so you get a tremendous amount of airflow okay when you're vacuuming that so that's what pulls the moisture into the recovery Uh, whereas a carpet you have very little so you do have airflow but not as much so upholstered furniture dries really quick I always ask people to let it dry overnight because if there's moisture in the fabric and you mm-hmm. sit on it, mm-hmm. you're going to stretch it. Oh, and it may and mm-hmm. it'll dry that way. Ooh, so now that you would got, not be good. So you'll have saggy furniture. Okay, all right. What about uh, stains and pet odors? Can you get rid of that from upholstery? Most of the time, there again, some of the um, fabrics won't allow you to use certain cleaners or spotters okay uh, and uh, some of that carpets are made to resist staining if you will okay 
even though you can't, you can stay in anything. Right. But that's a big thing because of we're walking on it, we're spilling. We're fabric, most fabrics are made just because they look pretty. <laughs> I mean, if you get some of the micro right. microfibers and uh, stuff like that, that's pretty much bulletproof stuff. So if you got kids, microfiber is a great product. Okay. Uh, but a lot of people spend a lot of money on their furniture and mm -hmm. they get a piece of fabric that nobody else has. Well, it was made to look pretty. Okay. So I, I'm guessing, but correct me if I'm wrong, uh, having your um, upholstered furniture um, professionally cleaned, does that extend its, its life? Sure, it okay. does. Anything you can keep dirt out of Okay. Um, as I said, it's there's a little abrasive stuff in there. It's very subtle, but especially if it's a sofa or a piece of furniture you use on a daily basis, when you're sitting on that, everything's moving around now. So right. all that dirt's kind of scrunching and Going rubbing, and rubbing on the fibers. Mm -hmm. It's very subtle, but eventually people will look like, man, I don't know, my carpet just looks worn out. Right. When did you clean it last? Oh, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> that is why. Um, so what about with your, um, and maybe it's not a, an oriental rug, but it's a, a an area rug. Mm -hmm. um, do you clean those as well? Yes. Okay. I mean, there's so many uh, with the technology and the 3D printing and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff that they can do anymore. Um, they, there's many times where I'll have to, of course my eyes aren't as good as they used to be, but I have to really look at a rug and I'll think it's wool and then I'll look at it a little bit and realize it isn't. But the same thing there, um, usually. Is rug, it the same treatment, the same way we, that you clean? Especially, yes, especially if there's urine, that's about the only way to really get it out of a rug properly. Okay. Um, we like to do most of our rugs in the shop. Okay. So we do offer pickup and delivery. Okay. Uh, it's just we have a much more controlled environment because mm -hmm. rugs are a little more temperamental mm -hmm. than than your carpet, even if it's a man-made. Right. Um, but a wool, we definitely, we, we won't clean a wool rug on location because during the drying process, it can uh, discolor, do things like that, and then we can correct it. Well, what happens if somebody has uh, improperly had their area rug, wool rug cleaned uh, by somebody who claimed to know what they were doing and, and they have had uh, the colors um, run or uh, something to that yeah. effect? It depends on the severity of it. Um, there are products that you literally get down on your hands and knees and and a little eyedropper type thing, and we oh, go around wow. with little dyes and things to correct it. Um, it's not very fun. No. But, you know, if it's somebody's expensive rug or, hey, that was mom's and mom's gone now, I, I whatever it takes. So there's that. If it's a cleaning issue, because many times, with especially with um, wool rugs, first of all, you got natural fiber, which is always any any lady that does laundry knows that uh, cotton and different things like that are very hard to get stains out of sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, same with wool. Wool loves to grab onto stains and it's, it's very difficult. 
most of the fringe, if it's a rug that has fringe, that's cotton. Oh, it's okay. It's not wool, and a lot of times it's more of a raw cotton. Okay. Which means it hasn't been gin and processed, so mm-hmm. they can do what's called a cellulose browning. And it might look perfectly nice and white, and then as it dries, you come back a few hours later mm-hmm. and it's turned dingy brown. Oh, wow. So um, there is a process in the, while you're cleaning it that uh, will minimize that or, or eliminate it completely. So that's what you want to do when you have to get back into a correction mode. That just takes more time, and uh, you always risk the chance of it not being able to correct it. Yeah, it's. I know for for a lot of folks, particularly as the economy um, <clears throat> is doing poorly and um, you know inflation is setting in, there is a desire to do things as economically uh, as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, but it is so critical to make sure that you have someone who knows what they are doing um, because. Hiring the the person to uh, clean your area rug um, who doesn't know what they're doing, uh, who can ruin it by allowing those colors to run, um, it, you know, you've you've then wasted an awful lot of money uh, yes. by by trying to save money. Yes. So. Well, it's like anything else you. I always use painters as an analogy. Mm-hmm. They're a service company. There's a handful of really good ones that everything's just precise, and the next guy's got runs and he's dripped on your cabinet and your rug, and mm-hmm. it's 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 just do you have a company that has the desire to put the customer first and to do a good job? Right. To me, I get. I really enjoy being there when the job's finished. And, and most jobs, I try to at least show up myself. Right. People like that. And plus, I want to see how it looks. And when you see that that smile on their face and they're mm-hmm. telling you it looks better than they ever dreamed it would, um, I really get a kick out of that. That's wonderful. That's one of the reasons I'm still doing this. That's wonderful. <laughs> um well, I know we're almost at the end of our show, but before we go, I, I do have one more question. Is there a time of the year that it's best to have your floors or your upholstery professionally cleaned? Upholstery, as I said, it's going to dry quick anyway. Mm-hmm. Carpet, it's like hair. You got short hair, it's going to dry quicker. You got long <laughs> hair, it's going to take longer to dry. Okay. For that reason, I'm really glad a lot of that shag is going back out again uh-huh. <laughs> so i'm kind of happy about that um of course it's going to dry a little faster in the summer okay but with the technology and the equipment today it really recovers a much more uh, moisture than the the wands that used to go back and oh, forth yes. those little triangle mm-hmm. looking things that mm-hmm. uh, would clean your carpet um you were you got most of it, but you did leave a fair amount behind, so it took longer. So what we ask people to do is, you know, just turn your heater up a little bit for, you know, four or five hours, and uh, it's it'll dry just as quick. Now, some people don't mind doing that. Others don't. But um, 
I have a boatload of people that they just wait for June and then they, <laughs> they want to get, get things done. So, yes, it does dry a little quicker, but if it takes a couple extra hours to dry, is that really a big deal? No, and I, I would say, you know, now might be the best time because maybe you're not quite as busy as you are in June, right? Yeah. Well, we've been blessed. We've been, even through COVID, we were busy and, and we were considered essential because mm -hmm. we do cleaning. Right. And we uh, also would do the um, the fogging disinfectant right. so on, on facilities. So we were considered essential. So we... Uh, we were very busy. Great. Yeah, no vacations, so everybody spent money on their house. Absolutely. We wanted to make sure that the, our environment uh, was clean yes. and uh, aesthetically pleasing. So, well, I know that uh, based on our discussion, uh, I'll be ha calling you again to have you out to clean the upholstery in my formal living room. Okay. Um, so, before we go, please tell our listeners one more time how they can get a hold of Clean Sweep. Okay, website cleansweepbakersfield.com or our email ken at cleansweepbakersfield.com. Our office is located at 4800 New Horizon Boulevard, Suite E. And our telephone number is 661-833-1168. Perfect. Ken, thank you so much for being on the thank show Thank you today. for having me. I enjoyed that. You bet. Very I'm, much. I know you have provided our listeners with a ton of information, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook. Uh, wow. We'll take good care of you. I know you will. Okay. Um, so a heartfelt thanks to each of you for tuning in today and for tuning in each and every week. Today we've connected you with Ken Pistoresi of Clean Sweep. You've learned what to do and, more importantly, what not to do when cleaning your floors and upholstery. So thanks for tuning in. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Saturday at 11 a.m. As a quick reminder, you can revisit the details of today's topic or encourage someone who'd benefit from today's information by tuning into an encore presentation of the show each Sunday morning at 8 a.m., here on KNZR just before Sean Handy. Or you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts by searching the Kirk County Real Estate Review. Or you can also listen to them on our website at themccartygroup.com. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. Wishing you and yours a blessed day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week.